Well, hello, folks. Drifter and I are back. Uh, we've had our little break, coffee, tea, pee, whatever we needed. Drifter himself is in his truck and has driven across town. So we are going to play um, from one of our other ladies on I Am Sober, Perfectly Imperfect, and her thoughts on moderation. Then Drifter and I will come back and discuss what she says. So give me a second to just prime this up and... Here we go. Here's her thoughts. Hey there, sober peeps. This is Carolyn. My name is Perfectly Imperfect on the app, and I'm celebrating right around 155 days, just over a little over five months. Um, I was asked to share a little bit of my thoughts about moderation. Um, That word is sort of a joke to me in any sense of my life. Um, but I've tried moderating. Um, I was sober for a while, nine years, and my addict voice convinced me that I was cured and I decided to drink again and I was going to moderate. Um, I had some success and some lots of failures. Um, the hardest part about moderating was the obsession that was created when I tried to moderate. So for example, um, since I was trying to be very disciplined, I had plans like, I'm gonna only drink before I go out. I'm only gonna drink when I'm out. I'm only gonna drink at home and I'm gonna measure how much I drink. So I tried that and I would pour five ounces of wine, actually measure it out in a measuring cup and pour it in a glass and um, allowed myself two five-ounce glasses of wine. That's actually a pretty big pour. Um, But what would happen is after that, it was just a bummer because I wanted more. So I would effectively ruin my evening because the obsession would start and I would be crabby because I couldn't drink more and just depressed because I couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with me, why I couldn't feel happy after those allowing myself those two glasses of wine. Um, And, you know, the more we learn and know about alcohol, as we all have, a lot of us done so much study on it, um, we've learned, I've learned that 20 to 30 minutes after that drink, we start to come down. That dynorphin um, comes into our system to balance out our um, body's effects of the alcohol because we've been upregulated. The dynorphin downregulates us, and then so we have a come down. Um, but actually, the main main reason that moderation doesn't work for me is because it sucks the life out of me. Because I give so much space to the obsession when I try to moderate that my whole being is taken over with thinking about drinking. And that is no way that I want to live. Um, I'd never want to give that much space to something that takes things from me instead of giving things to me. Um, I never want to give that anything that much power again. Um, It took an enormous amount of energy and decision making. Um, When you choose to not drink, as you know, the decision has been made. There's just 
that's it. I'm not drinking. If we choose to moderate, a whole sequence of thoughts comes behind that. At least it did for me. So again, like I said before, am I going to drink wine, beer, vodka? When am I going to drink it? How am I going to drink it? Am I going to, you know, put the bottle top on after two five ounce glasses of wine or two two ounce drinks? Um, it just doesn't work for me. And what it is, is insanity if I try to do that. So I am really enjoying sobriety and the gift of not having the obsession of trying to moderate, um, never giving power to something that is that actually took away more than it gave. Um, so I hope those of you that do try to moderate have some secret answer, but I certainly don't. And I'm 57 years old and I've tried a lot to do that over the last eight years. And then I have finally given in. On February 14th was my last drink and the last time I tried to moderate. And you know what? It's hard, but it's so much better. Um, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but have a lovely day. And those are my thoughts on moderation in five minutes. Take care. Bye. Well, that was huge, huh? Very. That was um, big. Really big. She completely covers all of how moderation affects you, the obsession, the discipline you need. She covered so much in that five minutes of the devastation of trying to moderate. Look, she was sober nine years. Mm -hmm. yeah. That attic voice never left her alone. After nine years, and her and I have a lot in common because... I was also sober for nine years and then I drank. So that attic voice, it's a pathway in our head. It never leaves us alone. It's always going to be there. And then like she talks about her life was consumed with the obsession. I mean, that is so huge. Yeah. And it is an obsession because and it's like Virginia said, you know, all the mathematics of calculating how many drinks you can have, how many times you can drink. I mean, it's just, and it is an obsession. And the discipline it takes. Moderation Ooh. consumes our lives if yes. we decide to moderate. Because like um, Perfectly Imperfect was talking right there. What am I going to have tonight? Beer, alcohol, you know, vodka wine, whatever it's going to be. There's so many choices that she mentioned that she had to make when uh, she was moderating. And now that she's decided not to moderate, there's no choices. The absolute relief. And when you started drinking again after nine years, when you first, very first drank after nine years, did you think that you could drink just for that one time and then you'd be okay afterwards? Oh, I was arrogant. I was arrogant and I thought I could do whatever the heck that I wanted, Polly. Because you know what? I had nine years and I thought that I I had slain the beast, that I was in control. And it didn't take long for me to fall into the trap and to justify everything I was doing as I was doing it too. The picture plant. Little bit, little bit, little bit, and then you sucked right in. In the last three years, 
was the worst of it where I, I did, I really got into uh, moderation and everything that I could think of to try and not drink and none of it worked. Mind games, <clears throat> played mind games with ourselves. And it was an obsession, just like she talks about, I would go to work because I would wake up that morning and um, I would be devastated from the day before and it would consume me all night long while I, I drove into the next day where I was planning, making my plans on how I would just moderate that day. And even, I couldn't even moderate for one day. But now, the, the difference between then and now is it, it's an obsessive mind game you play with yourself and you are constantly thinking about alcohol all the time. But the difference between then and now is while we think about alcohol, we don't think about it in the same way because we're not consuming it. Now our thoughts are on recovery. And when we talk about alcohol, we talk about it not as an obsession for us. And it's not, a. and I don't know about you, but talking about alcohol is not a trigger for me at all. I don't feel triggered when I talk about alcohol now because I don't want alcohol. I don't know what would may ever make me go back to it at this moment. I'm not saying never because we know that will kick you in the butt before long. But I don't know. I'm I'm pretty gutsy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to step out on that branch, and I'm I'm going to say never because I'm not going back. But I know that's like taboo. But uh, for me, I've I've been doing this too many years, Polly, and I'm not going. I'm building a foundation this time, and I'm not going back. I think this is the thing. You need to build a strong foundation. You need to do your education. You need to stay connected. You need to listen to other people's voices on this journey and gather as much information as you can because information is power. It's knowledge is power. It sounds like perfectly imperfect really slayed her attic voice this last time around and she's not giving it any room in her head at all because it took a lot of it took all of her space before and it looks like you know she's got that under control now yeah well we've got another of our ladies that we're going to listen to and this lady has about i would say 15 months of sobriety and she has worked extremely hard at her sobriety under difficult circumstances. So here are our Maddie's thoughts on moderation, and we will play this one. Here's Maddie. Hi, my name is Maddie William on IAS. I'm 37 years old and 15 months sober. So my thought on moderation is that it's a slippery slope. Getting sober from alcohol was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And the thought of moderating would just be like backsliding to me. I would not want to undo all the hard work that I put into this. Uh, I think maintaining your sobriety, like daily pledges or keeping up with the people on IAS is key for me. I had a close call about three weeks ago, like so close it scared me. And I reached out to a trusted friend and I got through it without drinking. 
I still have thoughts about, you know, moderating. I think we all do, but instead of thinking about it all day, obsessing about it like I used to, uh, I just live in the moment now. And, you know, the thoughts are passing. But staying connected is key because we don't know what could happen tomorrow that might cause us to slip. Instead, we gotta have someone to fall on instead of the bottle. It's like a safety net. I've seen with other people, they get some good amount of time under their belt and they slip and it takes them years for them to stop drinking again. And well, I got two kids that I've got to be here for and I don't have years left to waste. So, yeah. Uh, so I looked up a little bit on the topic of moderation, and it says that once you're an alcoholic, you can't go back. Alcoholi alcoholism is a progressive disease. When you start thinking you can drink, you have reached the stage of denial all over again. You know, the part that you had at the beginning where you just don't believe you're an alcoholic. So I remember three specific times in my life where my drinking got scary. Uh, it slowly worked its way there each time. The first time was when I was early 20s working in a bar. Uh, it got bad. <laughs> I didn't have any children yet and I was just dumb. Driving, just dumb, stupid stuff. Uh, the second time was right before my grandmother died. She raised me and my sister, and my sister moved out, and I took care of her. And it was just a hard time, and I drank a lot then, too. And the third time was right before the pandemic. I just had some situations with my family. It was just... It slowly got out of control again. And yeah, I see the cycle here. It's, it's not something that I even wanna consider again. So yeah, life is too short to not be in the driver's seat. But anyway, uh, that's it. Sorry it sounds like a script, but it is one. <laughs> All right, bye. Hey. That, that that was such a heartfelt share. I just yeah, she's a sweetheart on IES too. I felt is. every word of her share. This girl, I just love to bits. I she brings tears to my eyes because I am so happy for her to be sober. There are some people that just grab your heart. She's one of those that grabs my heart, and I don't know why. Um, but like she said. You start thinking moderation. You're in denial again. And she is so open and honest about her alcohol and how it gripped her. And she's only a young lady with a lot of life ahead of her. And she is starting to grab her life. And like she said, she's now in the driving seat. And life's too short to not be in the driving seat. And when we let alcohol take over, 
We are not in the driving seat. Alcohol is. So she's around 15 months sober now. Yes. And she even just said right there, <clears throat> we, oh, she, uh, she thinks she's always going to have thoughts of, can I moderate? And, you know, those are normal thoughts as far as I'm concerned with what I've been reading, because those, there's a pathway that's been built in our brains that is always going to be there and we can't remove. Just like I talked in that one podcast with my son that um, you can't unlearn how to type. Mm -hmm. We learned how to drink and um, we can't go into our, we don't have a key to our subconscious. We can't remove these pathways and she's doing something key that she talks about uh, maintaining uh, staying over the top of that attic voice, staying connected because mm -hmm. three yes. weeks ago, which means just over 14 months, um, she was attacked with thoughts of, of, of drinking and she fell back to um, her network that she's built to keep sober. And it's good that she, now her first thought when she is under duress is to reach out to her community, her sober community, not to reach for the alcohol. And so, uh, and she doesn't want to go back where she came from. And she's preparing uh, not to go back there by working her program. And I, I just think it's great. Well, she's been down that road yes. at, at her age of, thank God that she's getting it now younger. I'm, I'm 58, uh, you're 28. And <laughs> thank you for the compliment. <laughs> and uh, we didn't learn our lesson earlier like, these other youngsters that I like to call them, how they're learning it now. And I think it's just beautiful. I love it. And I think she just describes it, you know, thoughts of moderation. She said it. It's a slippery slope. And the same words come up again, obsession, obsession, obsession. The word moderation, the interpretation of moderation in alcohol is obsession. It becomes an obsession. And it, Yes, like you say, those thoughts will always be there. They're a learned behavior, and any learned behavior is always there until you need it. Well, I don't need it. It's like I gave up smoking, and occasionally a cigarette thought will pop into my mind. But it's gone again because I no longer smoke, and it's like if alcohol pops into my mind, it can go away because I no longer drink. And not only that, you've built a fantastic network around you of other sober-minded people. I never thought um, this would happen to me. Um, the, I take such a joy in all these, these people I've got around me who are helping me live the sober life. People say to me, oh, we love it, you give so much. But I don't think they realize how much they feed me. The joy I get from seeing other people succeed at sobriety feeds my sobriety. It helps me stay on the sober path because I'm learning from other people all the time. And I've said it, I am enjoying learning um, different stuff. And um, what was it I said? Yes, I think I said yesterday. I'm not practicing sobriety. I am sobriety. That is who I am. I'm not practicing it. I'm sober. That's my identity now. And that's who I identify with. 
some people will say, oh, you shouldn't take it for granted. I am not taking it for granted. I never take one day for granted because you have to, and, and like she said, you have to be in the moment and you have to. And um, I read a post today and it, I will pull it up and it's, it's a young lady who just could not see herself getting past 100 days and she's just hit 101. And one of the things she said, and it so resonated with me, she said, today is all I have got and care for. Tomorrow comes by itself and yesterday can't be changed. And I just thought that was such a wonderful expression. We can't change yesterday. We can learn from it. We can't change it. It's already happened. We enjoy today and then tomorrow will come in its own time after midnight tonight. As I say, we're going to share one more of our ladies, someone that Drifter did a, a podcast with, Molly, 10 seconds at a time. And uh, here's Molly's thoughts on moderation. Molly, um, that's a really cool topic for a podcast that you were talking about. And um, I'll just weigh in real quick too, if since you're looking for opinions and experiences. Um, the, the main thing that I tried to do towards the end <clears throat> to moderate, um, I usually drink white wine and um, I would mix my white wine with sparkling water because I was convinced that, you know, if, if I was gonna drink, I was gonna have to hydrate so I wouldn't be hungover. So I would mix the water in and I, I would feel better about it because I'm like, hey, it's, you know, I'm not gonna feel like crap the next day, but I always did because then I would just have more. And, you know, I had rules about, I wouldn't drink after a certain time of day, but then those went out the window and sometimes I would stay up all night drinking. And um, now I kind of think of it like, like picture a scenario where someone hands you like a button to push, right? And they're like, if you push this, 90% of the time you'll be fine. But 10% of the time something's gonna come and like hit you in the face. You know, a crazy person would keep pushing that button because they know that it's not worth it to get punched in the face. So it's like, that's how I view moderation. It's like, you're gonna eventually end up having a bad time. It's just a matter of time. You might just get lucky. So it's better to not push the button at all and not, you know, not give in at all because, and then there's the, the crazy question of why do you think you need alcohol to enhance your experience anyway? Are you not good enough sober? Do you feel like you're awkward in social situations? Are you going to hang out with people that you're uncomfortable around? And maybe you're erasing discomfort that should be there for a reason. It's like it hides all the true feelings that you have. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. The, uh, the Annie Grace pitcher plant also fits here too i don't know if you've heard her talk about that but you know no matter um what you're drinking you're still drinking from the nectar of a plant that's like closing on you it's, it's her bumblebee scenario of the bumblebee landing in the plant and it has no idea that it's going to get eaten <laughs> but it drinks 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 until it's too late and then it's dead 
So, um, yeah, that's a good one that I, I feel really similar to also. But anyway, cool topic, and I hope the podcast goes well. Thank you for doing this. I can relate to what Molly said about um, diluting the wine in the hopes that you wouldn't have a hangover the next day. I diluted my wine with um, sparkling water to make like a spritzer, or I would put my wine over ice to make a nice tall drink, thinking I was drinking less. Because <laughs> as the, the ice melted, I was drinking water in between my wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The illusion, but I still drank the same quantity, like she said. And the pitcher plant she described is the little bumblebee gets in the plant. And the more he drinks, the more he slides down, which is the slippery slope of moderation. You think you can have one. And eventually that little slippery slope takes you further and further down into the pit. What did you think? Yeah, I, I remember you sh- shaking your head about uh, hi- adding water to your wine, <laughs> yes. hydrating it. Yes. And, I mean, isn't that just crazy, the illusion that we get? Yeah, okay, I'm hydrating, so it's, it's good that I'm hydrating. Then she had uh, certain times of the day that she would tell herself that she could drink but then she would go over that too. We, I think we've all lived under that illusion before we actually got to wake up and find out that, yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors, isn't it, that we do to ourselves. And I, I totally understand what she's saying because I've done it all myself and I can relate to it. And the worst part about listening to all these wonderful ladies share is I can sit there thinking... Oh, yeah, I did that. Hmm. Yes, I did that one as well. (laughs) Then they're probably doing the same thing. Everybody's like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that's it. That's the um, that's that's what we've got. But Molly was great in that she actually shared her story with you on a podcast. So anybody who wants to go back uh, through the podcast, like they say, it's slippery slope. It's it's like you start slow. But the further down you go that slope, the faster and faster you get. You speed up the further down you go. And it does speed up. And you find yourself exactly right back where you started from. Well, that gets back to the pathway, Polly, because the pathway is built. It's just like going back to typing. Mm -hmm. You may not type for 20 years, but your your brain has that pathway. and And when you go back and put your fingers on the keyboard, you may be kind of clumsy at it. But you're not starting from zero. Really quick, you're going to be typing away like you used to be. Yeah, I was just thinking when you were saying that when I um I hadn't been on the keyboard for a while before I got this new computer, and it took me a few days to get back into it. Which just because it's exactly the same thing, it took me a few days to get back into my typing. But once I was back into it, you know, it was uh, like second nature. And I suppose. And how long had it been since you typed? Oh, about properly typed about five years. So, you know, it was uh... that's a perfect example of moderation, Polly, because you hadn't typed for five years. You sat down Mm -hmm. and only took you two days to get back into um, typing typing. and the same way with going back to drinking. It's not going to take much time for all that to pull you right back in. No, it's like any learned process. It's always there. It's just a matter of when you dig it out to use it again. 
you know. Um, and, and so don't dig it out. Right? No, <laughs> no. It's ba- Excuse me. I've buried mine. It's got this big skull and crossbones on it with a big danger sign around <laughs> right. it. And toxic. Don't and- dig here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I digress. We've got one more we want to listen to. And this one is from our wonderful, wonderful person that you are helping me co-host for uh, who is on vacation, our Karina. Amazing um, Karina, Cam yeah, and Karina. Cam and Karina. Um, these are her thoughts, and we know this is going to be a good Cam and girl from um, UK. Can am UK, yeah. Can am girl UK on uh, Instagram if you want to follow her travels. And as I say, this this should be a good one because Karina always has something good to say. Hello, this is Karina Dottypot coming to you from Cornwall. Um, a little bit cloudy here at the moment but uh, hopefully it will brighten up a bit later just sitting having my cup of tea and want to give you my tea pennies worth on moderation caffeine as i drink my tea seems to be the only thing in my life that i can moderate um i have one maximum two cups a day and then i stop um because otherwise it makes me quite ill Um, really feeds my anxiety and affects my kidneys and my heart and everything Um, so I seem to be able to stop that Uh, sugars on the other hand at the moment really struggling with and my body is really hurting and really aching right now so I really need to act on that I am on tour on my Can-Am Riker um, with my wingman Andy and I bought it two months ago and I've done two and a half thousand miles. I'm just trying to give you a bit of an idea about me and moderation really. It's something that's pretty hard for me to do and when it comes to alcohol well it's something that's impossible to do. I have tried so many times over 22 years that I've tried to moderate and you know it's just like oh I just have one. And then, of course, that one just turns into two, into the bottle, and so on and so on. Um, so much so that I never, e- I even gave up moderating, trying, because it was like I was in for a penny, in for a pound. It was the bottle, the whole bottle of wine was going to go. There wasn't going to be any wine left. And I actually even had that mindset of myself, it's like, I can't just have one. I actually even told myself that I was going to be drinking the whole bottle and I couldn't leave even a drip in the bottle. Um, The only reason ever that a half drunk or part drunk bottle of wine would be left in my fridge would have been because it was my second or third bottle and I drunk myself into comatose condition. Um, Yeah, that's probably about the only reason. I, I couldn't just have a glass or or two and leave leave it in the fridge um so i think moderation is something we all try um you know we all had those moments nearly every morning of like i'm never drinking again i've got to stop and then it's like well perhaps i get a bottle but i'll just have the one but it just was something that well i just gave up trying to moderate and that's why for me i had to just put the bottle down and work on my sobriety and um, quit for good because moderation is something I cannot do. This morning also I'm committing to um, stopping the sugars, stopping 
the food that I should not be eating. Um, because again, I can't just have a sweet, I'd have to have a packet. I can't just have a gluten-free biscuit, I'd have to eat the lot. Um, I can't eat chocolate, like a cube of chocolate, I have to eat the bar. And I shouldn't even be eating chocolate because I'm lactose intolerant. And this morning, everything hurts. Everything really, really hurts. So um, I cannot moderate um, my diet, you know, sugar intake. So I'm going to have to stop as I did alcohol. And this is my recommitment. But this is something I keep resetting on. This is my alcohol pattern here. This is my personality of every morning reset, reset, reset. I've done it with alcohol. I'm going to do it with my sugars and the terrible foods that I've been eating today. I'm going to get healthy, people. Enjoy your day. There was a lot there, huh? There was. Um, Isn't it great hearing her voice? I love it. It is, actually. She's, she's great. Um, yes. And she's, she's right. We struggle to moderate everything because it's not a word we can use in most, most of our lives. I mean, I said... Some things you can get a control on, and it's surprising. Well, she you. says she she was able she's able to regulate caffeine, and that's yes. the only thing that she's able to regulate. I mean, she has worked her butt off, and bless her heart, she will be one year very very soon. Yes, and she's not just given up alcohol; she's given up cigarettes as well. She's done a twofer, which is tough. Now, with the sugars, I'm sure the illness she has it must affect her body like like it does with mrs drifter with probably inflammation and stuff yes um because she says she hurts all over but even still so here her mind is she knows she's uh it's gonna hurt her and she's gonna pay for it the next day and mrs drifter does the same thing with and she's got rheumatoid arthritis which causes inflammation and She'll be like, I just need one. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Like one Pringle and one Mentos. <laughs> right. There yeah. you go. I, I can't matter. even do it. No, we laugh at other people, but we're as bad as everybody. I mean, and I and think she's got 2,000 miles on her friggin' bike already. 2,000 miles is brand new. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like she said, nothing in moderation. And her other half is on his on his uh, motorcycle. Yeah. So he, he's definitely got an iron ass because he's oh had to put the two thousand yes. miles in too, right? Yes. Look. Yeah. Poor Andy. You got you got to have you got to have an iron ass to to ride like that for two thousand miles. And Karina yeah. said she's got some nice cushions that are made for her for, for her bike. Yeah. <laughs> I'd but, be with her on that one because I've got a bicycle and I ride my bicycle, but it took, I hadn't been on a bicycle for, I don't know how many years. And I wobbled a bit. Here we go. Moderate. I hadn't done it for years. I wobbled a bit, but I soon got the hang of it. Um, it took a little while for my butt to get used to the seat. <laughs> if you really want something like we wanted sobriety, We had to dig deep within ourselves and we had to realize what does not work for us. And moderation is top of the list. Moderation has not worked for any of us that have talked so far. No, we are. I say we are enthusiastic people. We're not. We are people who are all in on everything we do. It's the nature of us. 
you know, if we do anything, we do it at 110%. It doesn't matter what we do. Here we go. Karina is hurting badly, but she's still on her Can-Am and she's still eating the wrong foods. We all do it. If I eat ice cream, I cannot eat one bowl of ice cream. I look at people and they have this little tiny cup of ice cream. And I think, what's the point? That's not enough ice cream for me. So I can't eat ice cream. So um, well, anyway. It, it's, and it's just uncontrollable. It's just something that's it gets out of our, our control. Yes. yes. Just like the Mentos and the Pringles. Look, <laughs> I finished that whole can of Pringles that morning, by the way. Here, yeah, you know. that wouldn't surprise me. There's something. Yeah. It's like. It's, but the thing is mindless eating. You ha- it's like a big bowl of popcorn. You can have a big bowl of popcorn. You're not hungry, but your hand keeps... You've seen people with these big buckets at the cinema. A movie and popcorn go together. It's like a cup and a saucer and, you know, tea and cookies and things like that. And most people don't realize how much they're eating because your hand is just going in and out of that bucket mindlessly. It's the same with drinking. Once we've got past the first couple of drinks, we drink mindlessly. It's just pour it down. You know, it's mind. When you think about it, it's mindless drinking because it's not doing anything except making us pass out and forget the world. Well, normal people that uh, don't have this problem have no, they have no problem drinking one or two and walking Mm -hmm. away. That's it. Us that are, have a dependency on it our our buttons broke there's no stop button no we don't have an off button yeah not until we're blacked out uh, and passed out that's it well it's like karina said if there was any wine left in the fridge it was because it was the second or third bottle it wasn't the first bottle and it's yeah. like i said i could not good if i couldn't go to bed and leave wine in the fridge i I never drank it early in the morning, but that's that doesn't say a lot for me because I still drank it later in the day, you know. And if I had half a glass left over, I'd fallen asleep before I finished it. I would pour it down the sink. I the the thought of drinking that first thing in the morning would, you know, (laughs) but it didn't stop me later in the day pouring it down my neck. Okay, we are going to take a quick break after listening to our wonderful Karina and grab ourselves a quick drink and we will be back for part three folks. So stick around and listen to part three. <laughs> 